0: Well, Satani Phil saw his shadow on Thursday. I know, it's like six more weeks of this. Fine. How did we get here where we look at this groundhog, we yank him out of this hibernation and go... And we make some kind of plans based on a 39% accuracy record. Did you know this? Do you know what Satani Phil is only accurate 39% of the time? So he's wrong more than he's right? So when do we flip it? When do we just say, the other thing? We'd, we'd be 61% right. Right? Besides, it's counterintuitive. If he sees his shadow, he goes in. If it's a nice, bright, sunny day, there's six more weeks of winter. It shouldn't be the other way. What it? if it's cloudy and snowing sideways? he go, oh, yeah, this sucks. I think he just hates the light. Jesus said, men love darkness more than they love light. So they run and hide from him. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Last week we started talking about Jesus I aming his way through the Gospels. And 18 different times Jesus said, I am something. And every time he was telling us something about himself, his character, that he's God. Last week he said, we just started this series with I am, I am God, and everything has to flow from there, and because he's God, we should expect some ambiguity in our relationship with him. You should be nervous when you get around people who say they can explain everything about God. <laughs> you should be suspicious. Because he's God, Jesus is God, you know, there's nothing he can that we can face that he can't handle, but it's also going to be a lot of ambiguity and unanswered questions and mystery in our walk with Jesus, right? And that's part of the beauty of it. Today I want to move on to another thing that he said about himself that flows from that because everything has to flow from his godness because Jesus was not a great prophet. He was not a great moral teacher. He's God. I'm God and everything has to flow from that. Nothing else makes sense apart from that because today I want to show you how he said I'm the light of the world in John chapter 9, I'm the light of the world. Turn your Bibles, if you have them, to John chapter 9 and look at the first 12 verses together. This is part of the continuing argument between Jesus and the Pharisees that we saw last week. By the way, Jesus kicked off this whole argument in John chapter 8 by saying he was the light of the world. John eight twelve. he said, when Jesus spoke to the people, he said, I'm the light of the world. And then it says, verse 13, the Pharisees challenged him. That's how the argument began. And that's what we saw last week. He eventually said in this argument, but I'm God. And they got really, really upset about that and they organized themselves to hurt him. And then in verse 59 of John 8, at this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself slipping away from the temple grounds. And the verse we're going to start on today is a continuation of that. There were no chapter markers in the original. So this is just a continuing flow of the narrative. So he slipped away and then it says, as he went along. So this is the rest. He's still moving, and the argument's still on. The argument is still continuing between Jesus and the Pharisees. And so Jesus didn't run away because he was afraid. He didn't slip because he but because it wasn't done. Jesus was never afraid to die. He just wasn't, he wasn't done, so he slipped away. And as he slipped away, he did something that put an exclamation point on what he'd said about his being God. He, he did something. You talk's cheap, right? So he says, I'll show you. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Why do people always want to know that stuff? Whose fault is this? Talk about adventures and missing the point, huh? Who, who? And neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. And he wasn't saying that they were sinless people. He was saying it's not about that. He says, he says, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. He says, you guys look at this as an opportunity for condemnation. This is an opportunity for healing. This is an opportunity for you to see the power of God displayed. And it's a call to move on from our trivial questions, our little agenda questions, and just say, God, do something in front of me. And as long as it's day, we must do the work of him who sent me. He said, night's coming when no one can work. And he says, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. There's this big statement. I am the light of the world. Now he's going to show us. He's dealing with a blind man. Are you getting the the symbolism here? He's going to show that he's the light of the world by doing something with a man who cannot see light. So what does he do? Having said this, he spit on the ground. I should give some of you teenagers some solace there. But Jesus spit. Having said this, he spit on the ground, he made some mud with his saliva and put it on the man's eyes. What a weird thing to do. The guy never saw it coming. <laughs> so he mixed up this mud and he puts it in the man's eyes. And then he says, Go, he told him, Wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sense. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. This guy's forever changed. He obeyed the word of the Lord. It was odd to have mud put in his eyes. Odder still to now go wash. <laughs> but he did it. He did it. I don't know if you ever sense God telling you to do strange things, but he always blesses obedience. Verse 8 His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Some said, Yeah, that's him. Look. And now he can see. They wanted to celebrate. Others said, no, he only looks like him. Did you ever notice that there are always people in life who want to buzzkill your walk with God, huh? Can we just say buzzkill? Can we? They just kill joy, would that be better? They just, want to, they just want to bring down your walk with God. And you have these personal experiences that you know they're scripturally based, you have them, you know they're real, and there's somebody who has a sort of explanation for them. So they always have those people, I guess. But he himself insisted the guy, I'm the man. What are you going to do with that? I'm the man. The power of the personal testimony. The power of your personal testimony. Yeah, but I know what you're saying. I understand your objections. But Jesus is living in my heart. I don't know how to. Jesus has changed all the price tags for me. Jesus, I've seen him work. Seen him alive. How can you see he's dead? He himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they demanded. (laughs) I don't know. I was blind. I didn't see a thing. He says, how were your eyes open? I don't know. I was sitting there and Now it's worse. Now not only can I not see, but my eyes hurt. I have this gritty mud in my eyes. They ask him, To give an explanation. And he said, said, Go and wash. He told me to go to Salome and wash, so I went and washed, and then I could see. And then they asked the next dumb question Well, where is the man? I don't know. I was blind when he left. (laughs) Jeez, you guys. Are you not getting this? (laughs) Mm. And Jesus says that big thing, and you know. I'm the light of the world. Pharisees got all up in his grill about it, and, they, and he, uh, you know, they try to make a big case out of it, and threw the man out of the temple, and yada, yada. He's like, I don't care. I got Jesus. Why would I need the temple? In verse 5, he says, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. I am. Another one of those incredible revelation statements about himself as the character of God. I am. Yahweh. that We talked about last week. I am. I am. Jesus is God. Here's an expression of his being God. I am light. I am the light. Definite article. The light of the whole world. I am the universal light of the world. I am the thing that all men and women are craving. Light was a... Common phrase in philosophy and stuff to tell you, is a symbol, you know, of it makes sense. A symbol of wisdom, a symbol of insight, a symbol of knowledge, light, light, light. And so there were plenty through the centuries who had said, "I know where the light is. This is the light. I have the light." But nobody said, "I am the light. I am the light. I'm God." And as as God, I am the light, and I'm the light of the whole world. I am the universal light. That there is no one that you can share Jesus with who won't somehow appreciate it somewhere in their honest spirit that every man, every woman on the face of this earth craves Jesus. And you have Jesus. So it is never a waste of your time or a waste of your risk of rejection to share Jesus with another because every person craves Jesus. We try so many things to satisfy that hunger, and it doesn't work until we meet Jesus, until we have personal encounter with Jesus. He says, I'm the light of the world. Well, what does light do? One of the things I like about light is it shows you what's really there. You ever stumble around in the darkness? Yeah. You get up in the middle of the night, you're pretty sure you know where things are. Oh, how did that get there? And the light, the light shows you what's really there. We need this light in our lives. We're trying to navigate through life, are we not? We're trying to make a critical decision, important decisions, essential decisions. We're trying to navigate through life in the dark. And we need to ask Jesus to come. Just as we can access His goodness, as we've talked about, we can access His light and say, Would you snap the light on here? It shows what things really are. Sometimes to our great surprise, right? Have you noticed that all that glitters isn't gold? All that has this sort of faint little sparkly light can turn out to be something quite different when we ask Jesus to show us what it really is, right? Everybody talking about heaven ain't going there, you know that? Ask God to show, show turn on the light. Show what that person's heart really is. Show what's going on. That person should have nothing to hide, if they live in the light, right? Yes. Yes. But the other thing the light does is it shows us the way out. You know, how many of you like me want to get out of your sin patterns? The rest of you are liars. You should get out of that sin pattern. (laughs) Your hand didn't just go up. you know. Lying in the house of God. (laughs) I want to get out. I want to get out. I'm further out than I was when I started, but I'm still not out. My life looks better than it did in the beginning by far, but it still doesn't look good. It still doesn't look righteous and holy the way I want it to. I want out. I want all the way out and only Jesus can show me the way out as being the light. So, you ask, Jesus wants us to know the light and live in the light, not in darkness. John 8, verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He wants us to have that light. He wants us to walk in darkness. We don't have to figure this out for ourselves. We don't have to sort it out. He, wants us, he says, if you walk in me, you walk with me, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the closer we can follow Jesus, the more closely we can follow him, the brighter it becomes, right? And in reality, we all kind of live in shades of gray, right? But the closer we draw to Jesus, why do we have such an emphasis on worship, on intimacy, on prayer here? It's not to try to get God to do something. It's try to get you closer to God. Because the closer you walk with Jesus, the brighter it becomes. The more evident things become around you. In 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 it says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation of people belonging to God. Why? So that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The whole purpose of your salvation is to be called out of darkness into, your wonderful, into his wonderful light. And that's where the praise begins. Second, our ongoing relationship with Jesus is always going to include an element of tension. Look, if Jesus is the light, and I'm not, can you feel the tension already? And if Jesus is perfect, and I am so not, can you feel the tension? So there's always in our relationship with Jesus, as much as we love him, as much as we consider ourselves surrendered to him, that on this side of eternity, there's always going to be an element of tension in that of Jesus calling, Mike, come on, the rest of the way, take another step, just calling us. And we we should get used to that. We should understand that that's an important part of the relationship, that this very healthy tension of Jesus, who is perfect light, Jesus, who is perfect righteousness, perfect holiness, and we, in some stage of sanctification along the way, as we walk with God, as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, as we had the Word of God indwelling us, and we look we look better, but we're not done yet. So until we're done, there's always going to be a pull, an element of tension in our relationship. When's it gonna be done? For <laughs> now when we get there, when we all get to heaven. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that. It says, you know, it's always going to be a work in progress until we get to heaven. So I just want to set you free to, you know, to be okay with that. John 3.19 said, Jesus said, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, meaning himself. But he said, but men love darkness more than they love the light. That's how we're born. We come broken. Oh, it's broke." would ever think of that. You know, you go to the nursery and you hold your new baby. Oh, it's broke. <laughs> Send it back. We come broken. And given enough time, we will demonstrate to ourselves and the world that we're broken, that we're sinners. I don't think anybody in the room would argue that, against that. We come broken. And so our default mode, how we come, standard equipment, is to love darkness. And we Even as Christians, we still have these attachments to darkness, do we not? And some of it's heinous and horrible, and some of it's subtle, but still destructive. And so the whole work of sanctification is just the Holy Spirit bearing himself out in our life in such a way that we're transformed over time. But the tension is there. The tension's good. The tension's good. You know, going someplace where they say, Oh, no, you shouldn't be feeling that way. What Bible are these people reading? What sense, just what understanding, what concept of God are they working with that we shouldn't think that every day of our life will feel this pull from Jesus towards something better? Because he's the light of the world. What must I do, you ask? You must be born again. Surprised? You must be born again. There's no way to transfer yourself from being a child of darkness born into this world to become a child of light unless you're born again. You were born broken. And Jesus must do his work in your life. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed on his name, fully trusted in his name, surrendered to the name of Jesus, he gave the right to become the children of God. He caused you to be born again. That's his work. What's your part? Just coming and fully surrendering. But you can't learn your way out of darkness. You can't study your way out of darkness. You will study as a believer. You'll grow in the knowledge of the word. But that's not what gets you from being a child of darkness to child of light. You must be born again. You must have an encounter with God. Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Some of you today are ready to be born again. You're here and you're going, I get it now. Maybe you've been here a week. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe you've been here 10 years. But you're going, I get it. And today is the day for you to give your life to Jesus and say, I want to be born again. I want you to do the work that I obviously cannot do for myself. Second thing, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. There is no option for an unspirit-filled Christian you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. The transforming work of God from darkness to light occurs by the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And so the apostles demonstrated by their own lives that they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they leaked, and they were filled again with the Holy Spirit, they leaked, and they filled it again with the Holy Spirit. And so I'm a Holy Spirit junkie. I'm an addict, I, and I'm not ashamed of it. I constantly ask God to refresh the filling of the Holy Spirit in me. I want him to create new spaces of the Holy Spirit, take over darkness, create new spaces. So this invitation is really to everybody in the room, right? Because if you're not born again, you must be born again if you want to be transferred from darkness to light. And if you are born again, you still want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I've already been filled with the Holy Spirit. You say, oh, really? Okay, fantastic. And you're not leaking? You're the first person in history not to leak. You want to be refreshed. You want to be filled, refilled with the Holy Spirit. So, this is a genuine opportunity from God. I think it's amazing that the Holy Spirit wants to keep filling me. He just keeps saying, That's okay. I'll fill you back up. Just keep coming. Lord in heaven, we want you to be light in our lives. In a million years we could never get our heads around this and so we'll just bring you our hearts. We ask you to come now, Father, in, in these remaining few moments of our time together and and, and uh, just do the thing that you want to do. You want to cause us to be born again. You want to fill us with your spirit. Your Your word is consistently declaring this to us, Lord, and so we ask you to come and do this. So grateful for everything that you have done in this fellowship, Lord, in the different ways that it touches the world and the many, many different ways it touches individual lives who live right here. And so we just ask you to continue today and just let this be another day of your causing people to be born again, of your causing people to be filled with your Holy Spirit. So we pray now. Power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come and do what you desire to do. In Jesus' name.